Hello and welcome. I'm Joanna Yunak and this is GFN News on GFN.tv. A recent study run in Canada has shown that the proportion of Canadian teenagers regularly using e-cigarettes ranks among the highest in the world. But other data show that vaping rates have fallen among Canadian youth. What's causing these contradictions? And where is this misinformation coming from? To determine the facts and gather some answers, we asked John Oyston, a Canadian anesthesiologist who works on smoking cessation advocacy and knowledge translation related to safer nicotine products for people who smoke. Hi John, thank you for joining us today. Can you explain to us where this misinformation is coming from? Yeah, I think it's, I don't think you can compare different surveys that are done using different methodologies on different groups of people in different age groups. So I think the only thing you can fairly do is compare like with like. So if you stick with one study, like the CTNS, then you find out that vaping is falling. It was uh, the past 30 day vaping was 15.1% in 2019, 14.4% in winter 2021 and 22, and 12.9% in the winter of 21-22. So that's a progressive decline. And if you choose another survey, like the CSTADS survey in 2018-2019, that reported a 20.2% past 30-day use. And the most recent one in 2021-22 says there's a 16.8% past 30-day use. So both those surveys are on parallel tracks, and they're both showing that at the moment vaping is certainly not going up and it appears to be slightly declining in Canada amongst amongst youth. The latest information says that the government is planning to ban all flavored e-cigarettes. Why are these products so important? So in Canada, although there is a federal health agency, the Health Canada, uh, health is actually a concern of each province and each province like each state in America is somewhat independent. So in some states, particularly some provinces, particularly in Atlantic Canada, they've put bans on flavors. The federal government was proposing a flavor ban. Their arguments in favor of the flavor ban were very illogical and were highly criticized. And I thought until recently that that whole thing was on the back burner and they hadn't actually decided to proceed with it. And they're getting a lot of criticism from some groups because they weren't proceeding with it. Um, but my understanding is now they, it's still up for discussion within Health Canada and they have, haven't made a decision yet. So the problem is that if you look at what how flavor bans do, is that they're not particularly effective at reducing teen, cigarettes, teen vaping and they increase cigarette smoking. So the last conference I was at, there was a big presentation looking at what's happened in the various states in the USA. And they were able to show quite conclusively that where there was a flavor ban, cigarette smoking went up. And particularly it went up amongst those types of cigarettes that were flavored by young people. Where there were restrictions on flavors, cigarette smoking also went up, but by not the same degree. So it seems there's a fairly clear evidence that if we restrict flavors in vape, we make vaping less attractive. Because to be honest, vaping is supposed to be flavored. Yeah. Nobody drinks unflavored alcohol and almost nobody uh, uses unflavored vape. So if you take the flavorings away or you restrict them to artificial tobacco flavoring, then it's going to be less popular. And if it's less popular, what are people going to do? And the people who enjoy using nicotine or are habituated to using nicotine are going to switch to cigarette smoking. So I think it's incredibly unfortunate 
that uh, whilst they can understand politicians feeling the need to do something about youth vaping, what they really need to do is to begin by properly enforcing the actual laws that already exist. So in Canada, at the federal national level, there's an age limit of 18. And in the province I live in, the age limit is 19. And in one province, the age limit is 21. But although those age limits exist, they're not enforced. And most people report that it's very easy for them to find somebody who will buy vape from them or they will for them, or they can get vape through informal sources or they can buy it online. So we really need to strongly enforce the existing law. So that's the first thing that we need to do to protect young people from vaping. We need to actually make sure that people get prosecuted for breaking that law. So what are the main reasons driving youth vaping? Um, yeah, sure. So again, according to this most latest uh, CSTADS study, um, the most popular reason is to relax or to relieve tension, uh, you know, which is created by 20.4% of people. And you know, that's totally logical. It's what we know about nicotine. For decades, people have you know, relieved stress by going to a cigarette and taking a few puffs on a fag. So it's not surprising that people are doing the same with nicotine vaping. Um, about 12% say that it makes them feel good, which again is totally understandable. And only 7.4% of them are saying that they vape for the flavors. So the flavors are part of the mix, but it seems very unrealistic to assume that banning flavors is going to just make people stop vaping. And if you only allow tobacco flavor, which is an artificial flavor that's added to vape just like anything else, then maybe they're just going to switch to tobacco flavored vape, which really doesn't help anybody at all. Meanwhile, for the cigarette smokers who are looking to quit, it's unfair to make somebody who wants to quit cigarette smoking have to use a product that is tobacco flavored in order to get the nicotine that they want. Um, you know, this is just, it's ridiculous. It would be like trying to treat alcoholism by giving somebody a whiskey flavored medicine. So the whole system is just illogical beyond belief. And I really can't understand why Health Canada is proceeding. And also the province of Quebec is, is proceeding looking towards a flavor ban. It seems to me that the politicians feel anxious to do something, and this is something that they can do. Uh, if they wanted to ban anything, maybe they should ban disposable vapes. That would perhaps be a useful thing to do. Uh, but a flavor ban is, is just going to drive people into other products and particularly into cigarette smoking. You've just mentioned disposable vapes. We know that these products have gained popularity among young people in some countries, including Canada. Do you think using these products is a problem? It's a problem because they are just so prevalent. They're so easy to use. They're so cheap. They're so available in convenience stores. It doesn't require really any skill or knowledge to sell or use a disposable vape. Um, and they're cheap. So it's interesting. Most countries, for example, will ban the sale of single cigarettes because that makes it too easy for people to buy cigarettes with their pocket money. And maybe we should be looking at the same with, with vape. Maybe we shouldn't allow the use of the use and sale of single disposable vapes. Uh, the other thing is in Canada, we're looking at a ban on single-use plastic. So we look at a ban on things like plastic bags. So it seems to me that single-use vape should be in the same category. So they're bad in many ways. They're, they're being marketed to children and they're attractive to children. And it's something that kids can afford with some you know, pocket money or some money that they get from you know, working in retail. And also they just create a ridiculously large amount of waste that's very difficult to deal with. Um, 
you know, it's very conspicuous. It's often brightly colored. It's a, a really toxic mix of, you know, nicotine and other chemicals, plus, you know, human saliva, um, plus lead, chromium, uh, and also lithium, which is an valuable resource. And we shouldn't be uh, dividing lithium up into small pieces and throwing it all around the countryside. We need it for the car batteries and for other things. So although some cigarette smokers like disposable vapes, for quitting smoking, you don't really need them and they're probably not the best product to use. You'd be better off uh, and it would be cheaper to use a refillable product-based system. So for people who are looking at a way to quit smoking, disposables are convenient, but they're not essential. Uh, but for kids, it seems to be an easy way to start vaping, and it's just ridiculously wasteful. Canada, like some other countries, already has regulations regarding nicotine products. Why is the government still creating new laws in this area, while existing regulation goes unenforced? Well, that's that, that, that's a very interesting question, and I don't have an answer, except that it takes time and money. You know, that it's... Um, relatively hard to go around individual vape shops or to go to you know, individual convenience stores uh, to check on what they're doing. That requires employing people to go and, and do this work. Uh, and particularly during COVID, I think they pretty much gave up on it because they were too busy doing other things. And um, yeah, it was much more hard to keep track on things during COVID. But what I would love to see is some high profile prosecutions. I've seen in, in Britain, you know, people who repeatedly sell to minors uh, being put in the back of a police car in handcuffs and driven away. I think we really need to see that in Canada and maybe in other countries to make people realize that this actually is a crime and it's a serious crime. And if you commit the crime, you'll get punished. And if you keep on repeating the crime, you'll end up in jail. Um, and whilst I don't think that you can get to every single case, at least if you had a few high profile repeat offenders and you treated them very severely, then that would create a lot of publicity and it would make other people very much more cautious about breaking the law. Thank you, John. We are looking forward to seeing you in Warsaw at GFN 23. That's all for today. Tune in next time here on GFN TV or on our GFN TV podcast. And don't forget to register for the Global Forum on Nicotine Conference. GFN 2023 starts on June 21st and runs to the 24th. Thanks for watching or listening. See you next time.